Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. I get knocked down and I get up again. You're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down. And I get up again. You're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down. What do I do? But I get up again. <laughs> You're never gonna keep me down. <laughs> uh, this is shit. Your shrink things. Pissing the night away. <laughs> oh, we're still <laughs> doing it. We're still I doing know. it. We're pissing the night away. <laughs> Whatever that is. Uh, Chumbawamba. Yeah, it's Chumbawamba, guys. And I picked that song because it is related to our topic area today, which is emotion contagion. And emotion contagion, we'll talk more about it, but it's basically, hey, if I'm going to get up again, you're going to get up again. It's like me being really excited and me feeling really exuberant and determined. I can make you feel exuberant and determined. Mm -hmm. So this is and our vice versa. And vice versa, exactly. So this is our show. It's Shit Your Shrink Things. It's a show where two shrinks tell you what we think about mental health. We give you new fun facts. We might even give you a skill to try. Then we practice the skills ourselves and we do an okay job at them and we tell you what we did <laughs> most medium, what we did well, and that we did not as well. And right. yeah, this is this is where it's at for us. Yeah. So each week we talk through a what's good segment of the show, which is essentially we either tell each other a story that the other person hasn't heard or we just say something that's happened that's good in our week. So, Michaela, what's good with you this week? My what's good uh, isn't all that good, but <laughs> a story. <laughs> oh, I love a story. I love a story. Uh, so last night I maybe got four-ish hours of sleep. Eh. You know, babe woke up crying. Takes me another hour to get to sleep. I'm laying there and starting to fall asleep, and I feel something tickling on my hair. I like, hate it. No, nope. I thought it. I thought it was like, you know, the fan kind of blowing my hair around. No, oh, no, no. It was a tick. <gasps> tick. It's a tick crawling <laughs> up on my face, trying to fucking burrow in. Oh my god. Oh god. I hate <sighs> ticks so effing much. So my husband and dog went mushroom hunting. And they apparently brought home a whole slew of ticks that are no. just, I don't know, crawling all over the house. No. I couldn't sleep, like, all night because I'm just, like, everything was like, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> everything is ticks, but I'm just up ticks. Well, the, the last time we went mushroom hunting together, my dog had, we counted, like, 28 ticks on her I know. They hide in there. And then yeah. they just jump off. Like, if, yeah. they, if they, you know, if they bite the dog, then they die because yeah. of the medicine, which yeah. would be great. Yeah. But clearly this motherfucker didn't bite. He just decided to jump off and crawl, you know, he had to crawl from the floor up the bed oh. all the way to the top. You know what I mean? Like, that's a long journey for a tick to come oh. attached to my fucking face. Oh, he was trying to get on your face. Yes. I wonder where on your face uh, you would try to get to. 
like eye. I don't know. He was cut. I think it was like near my ear, <gasps> what? That, like because that was where like the blanket was kind of up to, like to my chin area. You know. God bless America. That makes yeah. me so. But I've decided, I I I hate ticks yeah. so much yes. because those motherfuckers they right they come at you. Yeah. Whereas every other bug in the world is like, oh shit, human, and like runs away. <laughs> These motherfuckers are like, mm, I'm gonna get you, <laughs> and you got you. and then they're if they get in, they're so hard to remove. Like you gotta like twist them the right way so that your head isn't left or whatever. Ew. Like ticks, bed bugs, you know, like I, uh, chiggers. You can kill, you know, you just cover the hole and they die, whatever. Oh, but like, man. fucking, oh, oh my god. I so don't... I didn't get much sleep, and I'm just a weird space because. I'm thinking everything's ticks, and now I'm like trying to check my baby fat, like on her, like yeah. between, you know what I mean? Like yeah. be like, oh my god! Like if it crawled up our bed, it could have yeah. crawled up the fucking yeah crib. Yeah, I don't know. Hut, hut. <laughs> this is so stressful. Yeah. I'm sweating. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't like it. My palms are sweaty. My my feet are sweaty. I'm ready to run, baby. <laughs> uh... I uh, I remember, kind of. Related to ticks, I remember when I first started one of my jobs, I'm talking about the bed bugs and how the bed bugs would fall from the ceilings and stuff like that. Yes. And you just can't get it out of your head. Like it's. No. Yeah. There's always something crawling on you in your mind. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the instant somebody's like, oh, look, one did fall from the ceiling. Then like the rest of that day, you're like, ah, <laughs> get me out of here. <laughs> you got to do like a clothes washing protocol when you get in the house. It's the whole thing. Uh. You got to strip butt naked. Yes, yes. It was a routine. Uh, I hate this so much. Well, that's terrible what's good, and I love it. I know. <laughs> Sorry. I just had to because I was like, no. Uh, well, what is your what's good, Sunny? So my what's good is it's horrifying. So oh, God. <laughs> I, as you know, I work in private practice. And Ooh. once in a while, I get like, you know, most people reach out to me through email, give me a little heads up about what's going on and ask sure. if they can be seen. Okay, right. So I get an email that I think is for an inquiry. I At first, I think it's a therapy inquiry. It is not a therapy inquiry. And I okay. am going to take this confidentially, even though it is not a therapy inquiry. <laughs> You'll see why. So this okay. is the email I received. No, no lead-in. No lead-in. It just says inquiry. Ready? Okay. My two therapists I see now in person let me massage their feet and lotion them while talking about my depression. Looking for another to agree. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It keeps going. Oh, my God. I'll pay you discreet up to 400 in cash in your pocket before session starts so you know you'll get paid and pay regular rates so it all works out in the end keep it a secret just run on sentence <laughs> keep it a secret but is behind closed doors soon i step in your office i can slide off your shoes sandals or heels off lotion and massage your feet <laughs> My face is so horrified right now. <laughs> Lotion or massage your feet while talking non-sexual and harmless. <laughs> they let me do it. The therapist I found off this site. I have another agreeing to do it by Friday. Once a week. 
Somehow, I'd like to get you involved, ma'am. Private message me back. Very polite, (laughs) ma'am. Private message me back. I'll pay you for your responses back. If you'll talk to me, if you have PayPal, I'll pay you for answering me back. And this last little bit. And somehow, working this deal out with me, B, I know you've got to have amazing feet. Soft and smooth and already toes painted. Please text me when you get this, ma'am. What in the what? What? Okay. Oh, non-sexual. Oh, I'm sure it is, sir. I'm sure it's non-sexual with your foot fetish. I do not believe that he has, like, unless those therapists are not real therapists, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. What the, what the F? This is on a Monday morning. I'm, like, not even awake. I'm just, like, have my coffee. I'm sitting there in my gym jams just trying to get get working in the morning. And this is the first thing I see. And I read it, like, three times because I did You're like, wait, am I reading this correctly? What the hell? I was like, wait, is Homeboy asking to massage my feet and baby for this? I had to just keep reading. And I kept thinking, joke's on this guy because I have hobbit feet. Like... (laughs) <laughs> good luck touching this bunion weirdo <laughs> that is my what's good for this week this oh email. my god what? what right what that's what i'm saying that's what i'm that's saying so creepy for those of you out wait there, so you're actually gonna respond no fuck no oh i thought you said you were and i was like what <laughs> no absolutely not i was just rereading good. it like what is this person asking for? Because the grammar was really weird and the way it was yeah. written was really weird. So I couldn't figure it out. Right. At first. It almost seems like a scam. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, is this a bot or is this a real human yeah. asking about my feet? Either one. I don't. Either way, I'm not responding to that shit. <laughs> pass. <laughs> pass. Pass. Yeah. So that was my Monday morning. Uh, that's my what's good. For all of what? you out there who think that therapy is risk-free, it's a risk-free endeavor. Yeah, us therapists get a lot of creepy comments. I imagine the men do, too, actually. Like, if oh, you're sure. a therapist, people are going to be kind of weird to you from time to time. I, I don't recommend doing that to your therapist. Please do not do that to your therapist. Problem but- is, some of these people have no idea that they're being weird. I mean, th- live your authentic self. Be authentic with your thing. You're with your therapist. Uh yeah, be weird in like that sense, but not this sense. You know what I mean? Like, like not I'm this not guy. trying to downplay being authentic, but don't be that kind of weird, right? Like, no, this is a too professional. Much, too much authenticity. Yeah. I love how he assumes my toes are painted. Right? They are not sir. and soft. They're neither soft nor painted. <laughs> They're pretty gross. I have weird feet. They're two different sizes. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fun to like, like if you could like glue hair on. Oh you know my I mean? god! Like really make them hobbit feet. Like yes. if you were actually gonna like come in contact with this person or something. Oh man. Oh Jesus. W- what a time to be alive. So, <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally a non sequitur. But what did you try for the outside of podcast experiment? So mine was related to doing some behavioral stuff related to like getting in shape and feeling strong and Mm. also continuing to do kind of the thought process stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually really proud of myself. You did? I did. 
I'm, I'm more proud of the thought stuff, actually. But I did do some, like, baby bench presses and some squats. There you go. <laughs> she thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, but mostly, I would find myself unconsciously, like, grabbing at my undesirable wiggles. Bits? <laughs> Is bits <laughs> yeah, the word? Uh, and... I would notice that and then I would breathe and then I would actually thank my body. Mm. So like I thanked my stomach for supporting a child and like my uterus for growing it and for like the energy and effort and everything that it took to do all that. And, and I, you know, would thank my legs for just carrying me throughout the day and my knees for being able to like do a squat and like pick up heavy stuff. And it I was proud. I did I did pretty good actually. That's so. impressive. That's really yes, impressive. I'm happy. It was. I was very proud of myself. Two well, thumbs up. <laughs> think about it this way. Even if you feel like a trash can, somebody somewhere wants to touch your feet and lotion them. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> In that case I'd rather be a trash can. <laughs> somebody somewhere is into that sort of thing. <laughs> That's good. I'm happy that that worked out though. That makes me happy for you. Yeah, yeah, it was good reframing. How did your experiment go? Um, okay, actually, I am working on uh, kind of just like behaviorally treating my body well, and it's going okay. I've been, mm-hmm. I really, really enjoy weightlifting, so I've been weightlifting a little bit more. I just enjoy feeling really strong, and so that's a big part of me feeling healthy mentally. So I've been weightlifting a little bit more, and uh, just I try not to have too many. Th- I don't really think too hard about what's going on inside my cuerpo. Honestly, I try not to think about it. Uh, But I did uh, get some new clothes that fit better. I kind of like kept Mm -hmm. adding. And so I'm just not trying to be in a headspace where I'm trying to fit exactly into things that fit me before because they feel kind of weird. Plus they're out of date anyway. So just kind of refresh, kept refreshing the wardrobe and kept weightlifting and felt good. Honestly, it felt pretty good. And uh, the other thing I did actually was off the grid, which is I'm reframing the experience that I had in grad school based off the experiences I'm having teaching. So I am trying to uh, teach baby grad students, baby psychologists, and I'm doing my best to be kind, gentle, and hopefully also effective. We'll see, you know, how that goes. And I'm trying to kind of be the type of professor or advisor that I would have that wanted. That you would have wanted. Yeah. yeah. And I think it is going okay. And it's also interesting because it's reframing to me that it is doable. Somebody could have done this. It's okay to be a little bit disappointed by your experience or to feel mm-hmm. like some things in your experience were a little bit weird because now I'm on the other side of it and I can contextualize yeah. those experiences uh, because my grad school experience, as we have mentioned, was kind of wild. And I can contextualize those experiences and be like, yeah, that was actually wild. There's no way those words or that action would come out of my mouth or body. So it's just nice to to see that because you think, oh, maybe there's something miss- I'm missing about being on the other side. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> there is not. <laughs> I was yeah. correct. I was correct. My feelings were valid. Validating that you, yeah, your feelings were valid. You should have felt the way you felt because that was just bonkers. Yeah, they were it was. not acting the way a good professor should behave. Yes, it was bonkers sauce. So, yeah, and then actually, 
this this reflection actually kind of inspired the topic area this week uh, in a lot of ways. So this week's topic, we'll be discussing the concept of emotion contagion. And we talked a little bit about that a couple minutes ago. But first, we want to talk about what is emotion contagion, kind of give it more of a definition, why it's important, and then what are our personal experiences. And I can kind of go into like why I chose this topic for today. But first, what is, Michaela, what is emotion contagion? Emotion contagion refers to the phenomenon where individuals catch or spread the emotions of others around them. So in other words, when one person expresses an emotion, it can trigger a similar emotional response in another person, leading to a shared experience of emotions. Yeah. So it can happen in a lot of different channels of communication. You can spread your emotions. So let's say I'm feeling really anxious and stressed. The way that my facial expressions are, I can spread my emotions through that. I can spread my emotions through my tone of voice. If I'm really frantic or scared sounding, um, maybe my voice is higher pitched than usual and my speech is quicker. My body language, maybe I'm kind of like shaking and tense and I'm like kind mm -hmm. of really, I look like I have a lot of energy pent up. And I can also spread my emotions through social media, believe it or not, and other forms of digital communication like email, email. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say that again. Email. You can spread your emotions through email, Linda. Um, and also other forms of digital communication like text or calls, etc. So emotion contagion can be positive and it can mm -hmm. be negative. But what we do know is that it has a significant impact on both individual and group behavior. They use the term to describe the process by which emotions are transferred from one person to another, particularly in the context of social interactions. So I think we've all, I mean, animal studies have observed this with primates too. So this mm -hmm. is not, nobody was shocked that this happens in human beings. Hatfield and her colleagues were interested in exploring how emotional contagion affects various aspects of social behavior, such as conformity, empathy, and interpersonal attraction. Yeah. So who you want to be around, essentially. Right. It didn't, didn't have to be just romantic partnerships. Could have been friendships, etc. Right. And since then, the concept of emotion contagion has been studied and applied in various fields. So it's psychology, sociology, communication, even industrial organizational psychology. I would say mm -hmm. most HR departments have a functioning knowledge of this, or at least they should. Sports yeah. psychology. Uh, and that's kind of where I know the term from is actually sports psychology. Oh, cool. And I wanted to note that this woman, Elaine Hatfield, so apparently she is my psychological soulmate. So I was looking her <laughs> up. I was like, who is this person, Elaine Hatfield? So she has a PhD in social psych, which I freaking love social psych. She actually went to my alma mater undergrad university, which I thought was wild. I was like, what? Yeah, and she is born in the same place I was born in. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And then she moved to Hawaii, decided to study love, and is now 85 Aww. years old. And I was like, I Aww. don't know what path this woman took, but I feel as though this is my twin flame psychologist or something that I should have always been following this person's path and their teachings. <laughs> she seems very uh, cool. I don't know yeah. her. I don't know her. Elaine, if you're listening, what's up? That's cool. I mean, to study love, that, that says something. I know. <laughs> Instead of pathology, it made me feel really yeah, happy. I love that. So, Michaela, are there any, you know, kind of examples or personal 
histories or events that come to your mind when we talk about emotion contagion for you? It's hard to pull them out of my head, but I know that there have been multiple times where, you know, you're in an environment and somebody, you know, sadness really spreads easy. I feel like that one gets me pretty, pretty quick. Mm. Um, So somebody, you know, might come up and share something or you just kind of can see, like, you know, maybe you pass them even in the hallway Mm -hmm. and you can tell that they're really down and then you kind of just feel really down and feel compelled to like reach out and then you sit down and you talk and and you also feel sad very sad (laughs) yeah yeah and I mean I definitely get it a lot with media like Mm -hmm. I mean gosh those darn commercials and movies like they can get me too yeah right yeah you're you're contaminated most by sadness it sounds like that one gets you I feel like yeah so I mean some people's excitement can get me you know excited but uh, sadness definitely really pulls me out do you not in a fun way though (laughs) (laughs) in a in a bad way do you feel like you ever contaminate people with emotions and if so what emotions do you tend to spread out there I feel like maybe this is bias I feel like I try to spread the happy emotions like I'll get really excited about something yeah and and I'll you know kind of be dancing around like woo yes yes (laughs) I and also I noticed can... you spread peacefulness. You're, it's very, Aww. you kind of got a very peaceful vibe. So if I'm in your presence, I'll feel a more peaceful, calming energy as well. Both the happy and the calm. Nice. That's, that's very sweet. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't cool. have any incentive to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, but, but I think people do have things that they're more inclined to put off emotionally and also receive yeah. is my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? So I would say I actually first noticed the concept of emotion contagion when I was really young. It was probably my first foray into psychology, actually. And I remember being somewhere in early adolescence and I played softball for a really long period of time. And I was really, really into it, like doing travel Mm -hmm. leagues and, you know, maybe even with the potential to play in college. I did decline, but that was, I mean, I had, I was really athletic and I remember watching this play out on teams actually. And so I would see somebody who would get really, really hyped and they would be, they would have the potential to hype up the entire team. And I would also see people who were really negative about their experience. Like, okay, I'm struck out this time. I'm always going to strike out. I'm a complete Mm -hmm. failure, blah, blah, blah. And then that would kick in the dirt. Yeah. 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 And then that would bring down the team. And it was really apparent to me how much if you, especially if you had a really cohesive team, emotion contagion spread like wildfire. And so later on, I was a captain kind of in high school, like later on down the road. And one of the things I remember doing really consciously was uh, changing my attitude or using my attitude or my enthusiasm or any sort of positive energy that I could summon, even if I wasn't feeling good, and any kind of high energy. And I would bring that to the team. And I remember it would completely change the energy of the team. So I don't even think it was just that if I was if I was a player, it would change the energy of the team. But then once I was in a kind of higher up leadership role, the more mm. enthusiastic and optimistic I was, it right. even affected the team more. And so it was really interesting. And I remember uh, there was I had a co-captain at one point in time who was really negative, And I remember pulling her aside and being like, you've got to cut that shit out. 
because you are completely destroying our chances on this team. Like, I love you. I get that you are not feeling good about whatever the situation is, but what it's doing is it's it's making our gameplay even worse. And it was like right. the minute that she stopped, it changed the entire outlook of the game that we were playing. It was really mm-hmm. interesting to see. So I remember thinking I was I was fascinated by this concept. And I also remember reading some sort of sci-fi fantasy book where when people would kind of lose their marbles on this pirate ship, like if somebody would get really overly anxious and start being like, we're all going to die. The storm's going to eat us up. It's all over. They just throw them overboard because they're afraid oh, that, shit. <laughs> that, that they, it would get everybody else anxious. Yeah, yeah. That it would run through the, the grouping of people and then people would globally become ineffective and that it would kill them all essentially. And so they just toss that guy overboard. I was like, well, fair enough. <laughs> and then, I notice it especially so mine, the one that I pick up on or the one that I uh, am more affected by is like nervousness, anxiety, worry, and just kind of like that toxicity. You know what I'm talking about, right? That yeah, kind of like toxic, negative. It's all over. There's nothing I can do. There are no possible solutions to anything that your toxic victim stance. Yeah, toxic victim stance. I cannot i cannot with that um does it cause you to feel anxious is that kind of like what it stirs in you yeah i think that's the initial thing and then i just get really pissed off (laughs) (laughs) anxiety turns into rage yeah because i feel like don't try to co-op my emotions do not try to take over my emotions here uh Mm -hmm. i'm i'm hanging on by a thread honcho like i can't i can barely do this like you gotta just let me live um i feel a lot like it often the anxiety piece will the first thing I'll feel is also anxious with that person or also nervous about whatever and also helpless is I think the other thing helpless or victimized and uh often that is not for me at least that's okay if it is for them but it's not for me at least a productive set of emotions and so I noticed that one very quickly so these are kind of the the ideas that inspired me to pick this topic because I think it's really really powerful actually it really is. And I would say you give me a motivated vibe. Like, oh, thanks. I always feel like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'll do the thing. Yeah, like I feel like heard and then and then I feel motivated. Yeah, this is this yeah. is going to be OK. Yeah, right. We're all going to be all right. Yeah, that's I mean, and that is mentally how I feel in my own mind. Like I feel motivated and just kind of directed and so I think like Mm -hmm. a lot of times what you are putting out is kind of what is going on internally for you sure so yes you know you being peaceful and spreading joyous rays uh, it's probably some of what's going on inside at least some (laughs) of the time (laughs) (laughs) tries to be yeah yeah (laughs) so based on this let's go through a little bit of the research on emotion contagion Research on emotional contagion has been conducted in various fields, again, including psychology, sociology, uh, communication, and here are some examples of the findings from this research. So the first one is nonverbal cues. Nonverbal cues such as facial expressions and body language play a really significant role in the emotional contagion. Studies have shown that people are more likely to catch emotions from others when they can see their facial expressions and body language. Absolutely. So I can tell you being in a room with a therapy client face-to-face versus being video versus being over the phone, 
right? Mm -hmm. So if you're in the room with a therapy client and you are engaged face-to-face, you can see their full body, their full face, all of the tone of their voice, exactly how they're holding themselves. That situation is more likely to, I'm more likely to catch a client's emotions, which I actually don't hate. When I'm in the therapy room, I only get mad about emotion contagion when it's like something I didn't consent to. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 If I'm in the room as a therapist, like I can use that to my advantage and Sure. Try to hopefully feel what they're feeling and sort through it. I don't mind that at all. Um, Like I said, I consented to that. Uh, But that's the highest level that I would catch it because I can see their facial expressions and nonverbals. And then over Mm -hmm. video, I think it's just a hair less because I can't see the full body usually. Yeah. And then over the phone is definitely the least because you can't see the facial expressions. Right. I 100%. I mean valid experience right like I know when we started doing more video therapy I was like wow I feel a lot less drained at the end of the day like I you know I could tell that there was less emotional contagion happening in my in my day-to-day and it's not saying that I wasn't still having a transfer of emotion it wasn't that I wasn't still providing good therapy but I don't think I was carrying it as much yes through that virtual modality yeah I think of it a lot as the window of tolerance, right? So, like, if you're in person, sometimes you're a little over the window of tolerance. Sometimes you're a little mm. over engaged in the emotion yeah. contagion. And if you could do the video, some of us seemed like we were in a better window of tolerance with that. I think everybody's different. I, and we'll sure. talk about variables that lead people to be more susceptible. But I think I am highly susceptible to emotion <laughs> contagion. I don't know Ditto. about you. What do you, you think so too? Yeah. 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 And so those of us who are highly, highly susceptible may need to do video. And, and you might get a better therapist in that kind of situation honestly so right right so another type of research study we've done on emotion contagion and i use the royal we here i'm not doing this (laughs) (laughs) is we know that social context can influence the degree to which emotions are contagious so for example emotions are more contagious in group settings so that's what i said about softball particularly when people are in close proximity to each other. So like I said, I knew about this from like a sports team perspective. It's Mm -hmm. also my experience that it's a group, it's a group setting. It's when people are close to each other. I also think it's when people are similar in age, background, ethnicity, whatever is what I noticed that people are more likely to contaminate each other with emotions. The more, you know, kind of homogeneous the group is, it seems like it flows quicker through there. And uh, especially when there's not a dissenting member, that's the other thing. I noticed in social context, if it's all just kind of a like-minded individuals, then emotion contagion flows pretty freely. But I do notice when you have one dissenting individual, and that was fucking always me, for real, always me. Like when it was like a big ball of like, we are helpless, we're not going to be able to do anything, everything is awful. I just refuse. I just, I can't. <laughs> I can yeah. I, I cannot. Yeah. And so like, if you're the dissenting individual, it actually does turn it around a bit. You got to be careful because that's a lot of energy for you to take on. Um, right. But yeah, that's, that is one area that emotion contagion actually happens in social context. Another one is emotional arousal. So emotional arousal can increase the likelihood of emotional contagion. For example, people may be more likely to catch emotions from others when they are already experiencing similar emotional states or Mm -hmm. when they are in a heightened emotional state. So just when you're you're already kind of at at the tip, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's Mm -hmm. much more easier to be fully pushed over the edge. 
Absolutely. When things are getting really, really crazy, you're already activated. Let's say yeah. everybody is really, I, oh God, I used to see this in the place that we used to both work a lot where everybody was really, let's say, angry or anxious about something. If you would get in a group of people then who are also angry and anxious, you kind of wind each other up and get yeah. more angry and anxious. And there was always right. one person who was just on fire with anger and anxiety who would just comp- just stoke the flames just and everybody would leave like ready to perform a riot <laughs> right <laughs> everybody would leave ready to just like have a anarchy so yeah i think this is really really noticeable in a lot of situations uh and what i said too is like when you're all experiencing the same emotion that that kind of right which again is when it's those groups right when we have yeah. When you're like on a same team, you're on a same like unit, mm-hmm. you know, even, you know, think about military groups. Like mm-hmm. when you are a group of individuals mm-hmm. that are working together in some kind of capacity, mm-hmm. it's so much easier for that flow. Yeah. Well, and it's funny that you kind of mentioned this. So we can we know and mention that positive and negative emotional states are both. Um, kind of put in they both have some sort of effect they can both contaminate Mm -hmm. us and research has actually shown that positive emotions happiness and excitement are more likely to spread it's they're more likely to spread quickly as well particularly but that said negative emotions such as sadness and anger can spread quickly and particularly in situations where people are under stress or facing adversity so happiness generally and positivity generally is more likely to spread but sadness stress anxiety that sort of stuff it'll happen quick under situations of adversity which is when it does not need to happen particularly in an emergency right. what's what's right. really not a good deal is when people start getting really flustered in an emergency setting this is I've seen this happen a couple of times before. So I used to work in a really uh, hmm, almost like a critical care mental health unit, let's say. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty well known. We never discussed this openly in regards to emotion contagion, but we had a team of one, two, three, four, like five different mental health professionals. And all of us, when shit was hitting the fan, would remain calm as a cucumber because if you, I don't even know where that saying comes from. Why is a cucumber calm? Anyway, but we we be we be calm as a cucumber because it would it, the minute that you started getting stressed under an adverse emergency situation, then you would start making mistakes, and so yep. there would be time to and that would be you need to not mis- make mistakes because of the client and your own safety. Right. And right. so this was a situation, and we would talk about we debrief afterwards or we'd kind of do supervision before. And we would express our emotional sets and kind of help uh, process those out. But during the time, we all regulated. It was like kind of like a co-regulation. It was really interesting. And let me be really clear. This is not me saying that you can't have negative emotional states or you shouldn't have emotional states such as sadness or anxiety or anger. That's totally fine. It's more just be aware that you can affect other people with how you are Mm -hmm. presenting. You do have the power to influence other people with what you are feeling and choosing to voice. And you can kind of decide, is this helpful for the group I'm in? Uh, It's very like collectivistic, but is this helpful for the group I'm in? Is this something that's productive for me, et cetera? So just food for thought. And also it can be something that you can utilize when you are by yourself after an experience and you're having these really strong emotions, Mm -hmm. you can be like, wait, what, 
what are these emotions about? Did I just cut again? Did I just kind of catch these mm-hmm. from that experience and those interactions? And am I like holding on to them and really like stoking the fire? Mm-hmm. Or can I kind of put this out and, and acknowledge that, okay, no, that was that was more them than me. Yeah. I actually had a really interesting experience. I went on a, uh, I was, as I had mentioned, voluntold to learn mindfulness for a year. <laughs> I don't know if it was because I was very unmindful or if people just wanted me to provide the therapy service, whatever. I went and learned it for a year. And it was, first of all, awesome. It was an amazing experience. I highly recommend it. I was so stubborn about it and it was amazing. And one thing I learned during the mindfulness retreat was as I was meditating, as I was examining the emotions that I was experiencing and kind of detaching and being curious and kind about what was going on in my mind and body, I actually noticed that I was experiencing emotions that were not my own legitimately. So I would Uh, I remember being at one of these seminars and feeling like anxious the whole time. And I was like, what in the world is going on right now? Why am I feeling so anxious? And as I was doing the meditation, different kind of thoughts and images were popping into my mind of people asking really bizarre anxiety laden questions like um, and, and kind of like missing the point of the training and their facial reactions and their expressions. And I was realizing, oh, my God, this is this person's anxiety. I'm literally feeling this person's anxiety. I'm noticing their nonverbal cues that they're afraid. And my lizard brain is saying, you should probably be afraid too. There's probably a threat in the environment, Mm -hmm. which is so interesting. So I kind of got the choice to decide whether I wanted to pick up that anxiety, pick up that sadness, pick up that anger, because it could be useful to me or parse it apart and say, was this really even mine to begin with? Was this even something that I find helpful? Or not even helpful, but valid in my own personal experience. Because everybody has a different right. truth in that in that moment. So yeah, I thought that was really cool. Absolutely. That is cool. The other way then is digital communication. Mm. <clears throat> Tell so, us. Uh, so emotional contagion can also occur through digital communication, such as social media and email. Studies have shown that people can catch emotions from others through text-based communications, even without those nonverbal cues. I mean, we've all got that message from somebody that all of a sudden we're just like amped. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. You know the clickbait uh, text messages that some friends will send? You know Uh, what I'm talking about? Where it's like, man, I'm just having the worst day. Right. And then there's like yeah. no other information and they clearly want uh, you to yeah, engage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I know. Yes. <laughs> Clickbait. Clickbait messages. Yeah, it is. I yeah. never thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely that way. It's a fishing expedition. Nope. Tell me what you need. I'm not doing this. <laughs> Apparently I'm like really like boundaried today, but like you got to tell me what you need. You can't just hit right. me with like, I'm just having the worst day ever. I guess nobody cares about me. Don't send me that text message. That's crazy. I'll, sorry you feel that way. <laughs> I just am like that's it. I'm, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna hit you with the okay hands over that one. <laughs> Don't send that to me. Send a funny emoji. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hit me with I think I feel I need or something like that. I'm more likely to respond. But yeah, that's that would be an example of hitting somebody with a text message that's kind of laden with you know sadness or anxiety emotions, and then you immediately feel stressed or nervous because you're worried about what that person is experiencing. That's an example mm-hmm. of emotion contagion. Or let me hit you with this one. Let's say you're scrolling through the talks or the grams or the books, and you see somebody who's just posted that 
oh, it's my, we'll talk about anniversaries. It's my 20 year anniversary or 10 year anniversary or whatever. And my husband just got me roses and chocolates and a trip to Paris. And look at, I'm in this beautiful dress or suit. And here we are with a bottle of champagne, right? That can really affect your emotional experience right off the bat. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, uh, I don't get me wrong. I think social media has wonderful place and I love getting to know what's up with people, but some people are just, they're just polishing turds and making it look shiny. And it's like, I know that that's a turd. Like you can't fucking shine that and tell me it's not. I'm sorry. Like, congratulations on your polished turd. I, (laughs) I'm not having it. I know what this is. Don't you lie? <laughs> I know that that's a turn. Yeah, I think digital communication. So it's it's the same sort of like if there's like um, really, really binary political statements that sure. are meant to cause fear in either camp. That's another one mm-hmm. that you'll see. And meant to get people fired up in certain ways. Like, I can't believe this other side is doing this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just kind yeah. of like divisiveness can be spread really quickly over social media. They, I mean... Anxiety and kind of FOMO is the biggest one I notice, like fear of missing sure. out and then fear of not being enough or insecurity, I think is the quickest one that can spread. And just always ask yourself, like, is this my feeling or is this something that somebody is trying to produce within me? And what does mm-hmm. it benefit them if they are able to produce this emotion in me? And that's when I start to get mad. Like, right. Exactly. To... That's when I started being like, stop putting that turd in my face. <laughs> Don't you put that dirt in my face, man. (laughs) Uh, So I think we do have, we have quite a few more studies on kind of, you know, the rich, the ripple effect of emotional contagion, emotional contagion in virtual teams, emotional contagion in social identity, and then even emotions on Facebook. But I think we're going to save that for next time and talk through the specific research studies, as well as talking about what types of personalities are most susceptible to emotion contagion. And even, you know, what you would do in order to prevent yourself from having emotional contagion. This is just kind yeah, of Yeah, how to combat it. Yeah. Sure. This is the intro of our mini series, but I will let you know that people like me, whatever you intuit me to be like, I am highly susceptible to emotional contagion. Apparently Michaela is too. So I don't think it's totally a bad thing. It's just no. a thing. Yeah. Again, I think it's that, that an empathy correlation. Like I'd be interested in a study that tried to see if there was any correlation there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to say again, I'm really not saying that people can't feel their feelings. I hope they do. Just be mindful yeah. of the way that you present to the world and have some conscientiousness about, you know, how you're making other people feel. Try to right. be a good human being is mostly <laughs> mostly all I'm saying. Do your, do your best. Do your best. Do your best. So based on this, what do we want to try for outside of podcast experimentation? I know that this week is going to be lit for me mm. uh, with work. So I want to just be very aware if I'm starting to bring home any of that emotional contagion. I want to really make sure that I'm doing some detox on my drive yeah and leaving at the emotions at work at work because i know i'll be dealing with a lot of other people's emotions and i'm sure that will stir stuff in me and also just you know bureaucracy and its craziness how that stirs emotions in me so i'm going to just be very aware of what Mm -hmm. i'm picking up 
Mm-hmm. That's going to be my my homework. You're going to save you? your brain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine is also to be aware of what emotions are other people's and what emotions are mine. Mm-hmm. I got really in that phase of listening to a lot of people's things that are going on and feeling really sad about the things that are going on. And then I realized that, uh, oh, no, <laughs> I am unfortunately picking up on these things and I am carrying yeah. them and these are not mine and they're not uh, helpful to me. So mm-hmm. I just need to do a little pick apart. Probably this would be best served with a side of mindfulness. But I think as long as I ask, you know, is this feeling a feeling from me or is this an external feeling? That would be right. useful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Okay, so I have a I have two things for you today. One is a quote that I really liked about emotion contagion. And I forget who this is by some guy from the 1800s or 1900s, whatever. But I liked the quote. And the quote is, Nothing is as contagious as enthusiasm. It is the real allegory of the myth of Orpheus. It moves stones and charms brutes. It is the genius of sincerity and... And truth accomplishes no victory without it. So I just loved it. It's like, this is the fuel. I liked this message that this emotion of enthusiasm and kind of what you talked about when you when you were saying, I feel motivated, that enthusiasm or motivation is the fire and the fuel that moves actions forward and inspires you Mm -hmm. to do something. So it is valuable and you want to cultivate it in yourself. At all costs, I think, um, at the risk of sounding like a goddamn motivational speaker, which is not my goal here. I just I really believe that to be true. And I've seen it kind of countless times in therapy situation that Mm -hmm. to be that to be true. So, yeah, that's a that's a quote. I love that. But I do have a joke for you, too. (laughs) Yay. I've got one, too. Okay, hit me with your joke. I'm guessing mine's not as good as yours, but we'll work with it. Yeah, we'll see. My ex told me we broke up because I'm too reliant on logic and refuse to acknowledge my emotions. Okay. I told them correlation is not causation. <laughs> that one's actually good. I like the science nerd joke. Big, <laughs> big fan. Okay, are you ready for mine? Yeah, yeah. All right. I like my water like I like my emotions. Bottled. Oh, pile <laughs> those up, baby! No, don't no. do it! <laughs> don't do it! Don't do it! <laughs> well, that is our podcast today for you, folks. We so appreciate your life minutes, and if you are liking what we're putting down, then please follow us, rate, review us, subscribe, download all of our podcast episodes. That helps us in the yeah. long run. Or you can also feel free to put a tip in our tip jar. That's at www.patreon.com forward slash shit your shrink things. And we will chat with you next week for part two of our mini series. Yes. Bye. Yeah. See you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.